This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Conversations Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is... Episode 45, Banter Fodder. A long time ago, in a van on the way to Orlando, a couple of nerds had a series of conversations. When Star Wars began, it was an unexpected space fantasy that took the world by storm. Over the years, with sequels, books, prequels, games, and more sequels, this franchise has grown exponentially into what it has become today. And this is the way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very I'll throw cool. A little Mando in there because I didn't mention the, the TV shows. There so. you go. That's a, there it that's is. an important part of it. Yeah. So to celebrate this uh, this this monstrosity of pop culture and uh, you know central part of all our lives, uh, we've got some friends with us. We have Josh and Adam from a certain point of view podcast. How are you guys doing? Oh, I was going to say, when do the friends get here? <laughs> I don't know. Look, <laughs> we gotta have a fill in somewhere. So. Okay, that's usually us when you know the wives are on. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So before we start with our topic, Pat will ask this question to you guys about you know it's just sort of an icebreaker. Not that we need an icebreaker with you guys, but for our <laughs> listening audience who may not know you guys, if you were to have lunch. With anyone from Star Wars, be it creators, creatives, actors, characters, um, any component of Star Wars, really, uh, who would it be and what would you talk about? Let's go with Josh first. Yeah, Josh right. seems to be really excited for this. So, um, <laughs> I'm excited about this. Probably- I, I, was, I was thinking about this. You know, there's so many possibilities. You know, I, I could have picked... I didn't really know we could go with like creators or uh-huh. so. I mean, could have gone with could have gone with George Lucas. I could have gone with Luke Skywalker, who's my favorite character. I, there are but, no rules, any of them. Mm-hmm. I landed on Sheev Palpatine. Ooh, yes. That's always have, new and different. That's a new. That's I a first. Get different answers. I have a few burning questions to ask Sheev. You know, I, I'm curious about his relationship with Darth Plagueis and, and what went down with all that exactly. I want some more details, you know nice. what I mean? Um, okay. I'd love to know how exactly. If only there was a book about that that could be canon. But yeah, if, if only. If only. Um, I call it Plagueis. I don't I know. I want to ask him about the, I want to yeah. know about the canon version of, of that particular yeah. relationship. Me too. Um, Another thing, another burning question is just how exactly um, he got somebody to make a child with him. Unless, of course, it is a clone. <laughs> it's a clone. Um, it, that was in the novel. It is a clone. Okay. So that's – is that yeah. canon? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, yeah. All right. Yeah. So he has one last question for you. All right. <laughs> right the right, first right. one's still pretty awesome. But still, you can just ask him why. Just why. <laughs> why? Why? 
All of it. Just my, watch. my first <laughs> question walking out of Rise of Skywalker was, how did this dude, before I knew this canon stuff, how, how, how did this dude get somebody to have relations with him? I wanted, I, I was really worried about this. Music. Um, yeah. I'm sexy <laughs> and I knew some, it. <laughs> some slow jazz. Um, but, all he has to, I mean, all he has to say is, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, but, but my last question was for Sheev is, you know, how exactly did you survive that, you know, or, you know, come back? I, I just want to know more details about yeah. how you came back from that from that devastating fall at the end of Return of the Jedi and, and what went down there. I feel like I have a lot of unanswered questions. To that's ask a cool Sheev, question. So. That's, that's a great that's choice, too. Good. All right. Adam. Can I ask Pedro Pascal what he really thinks of the helmet? <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules. You can waste your lunch on asking Pedro Pascual one question. <laughs> Do you really like the helmet? It was takeout lunch, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what made me think about this, but I was thinking today, and I would like to sit down with Ahsoka, and I would like to talk about Ooh. Gray Jedi with her. Oh, nice! And if that's a real thing, or you know. Um, it's always something that's bothered me is that idea of a gray Jedi, because I don't think it's something that actually exists uh, in real life. Um, in real life? <laughs> oh, Star Wars real life. Here we go. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, I mean, and, and her being the one that left the Order, it kind of still maintained her connection with the light side of the Force. Um, you know, she's kind of that that one that one character that's you know this if, if you're gonna have a great jedi you know ahsoka's kind of our main example right now and there's also qui-gon who's you know, still part of the order but kind of did things his own way uh, you know how 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 does that actually work uh, from her from her side of things mm. because i've always seen it like you're still doing good or you're still doing evil um and the, you know that dark side has always been meant to have consequences you know you can't really just flirt with it and go back and forth so I, I, i'd like to see from her side how, how that actually fits and, and works and you know that's maybe really show cool. her that freddie Pin prince jr rant and see what she thinks of that <laughs> <laughs> that was a good rant that was that was oh, epic that was so <laughs> that's a cool Hello, choice freddie too yeah, my gosh. Now, um, we've been asking this question for a while. How long have we asked this question? Like a year, maybe? Yes. We've, yeah, yes. yes. Um, I would like to ask Charles this question. If uh, he's got any uh, new uh, new ideas on that front. Hmm. Surprise! Yeah, surprise. Um, huh. Well. Okay, so that was our show. And, uh... <laughs> what I was going to say, uh, my question, I would like to have lunch with Qui-Gon Jinn and ask him about the transition into the Living Force and how that came about. I know he did a lot of research and a lot of study and how he was really the starting point of what we've accepted as a very Jedi thing of the blue glowy and all these different things and the, or communicating through the force and voice and that kind of stuff from the, 
the living force. How was that transition? What was that discovery like? I mean, how cool must that have been for him to speak to Yoda in those lost missions? And that's just a fascinating part of the lore that, you know, uh, Pat and I, we're going to be talking about that uh, soon. But the there's a lot of coolness in there. And I just love to have here's here's how it went, you know, and that that would be that would be my my lunch with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn asking that question. Very nice. Oh, I like that. I like that. Very nice. I, fi- I figured it might have changed. So what about you, Pat? Uh, <laughs> pass. Uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth. Oh, That's cool. That's my boy. Nice. Love me some Sam. Um, I, ah, let's see. So Sam, of course, is the fantastic voice of Maul and also the brother in the um, father, brother, and sister yeah. arc of Mortis. And um, he's also Starkiller in the Force Unleashed games. Very true. That's right. And he's like big time super nerd. So um, I think I'd bring I'm I'd probably bring Charles along just so they can talk Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Um, I would just like to have a conversation with him nice. and um, and just talk. Um, you know, I've, I've watched him for years and years in, you know, a lot of the um uh, television shows that he's been in, and and then of course we we met him in Chicago with Bing. Um, but from everything I've seen and and heard and know of him, he's just a big nerd, mm. and I love him. And I would love to just just talk about whatever because I think he just has interesting takes on everything, and uh, like even down to the analysis of the. Um, Obi-Wan and Maul uh, showdown part two is uh, just such a great awesome explanation of that scene in Rebels and I just want to hear him talk more nerdy stuff (laughs) that's a good reason (laughs) I'm down let's do it we can be found at conversations.com and like we have an email, so he can just email us. It's right. fine. <laughs> Restraining order notwithstanding. Right. I mean, we're we're masters at social distancing at this point. We're well outside the fifty yards. Well outside. But yeah, I think um, I think that would be um, That'd be your choice. Just a just a, a nice, cool time uh, to to talk about his experiences, his thoughts on star wars and everything else and just kind of just kind of chat you know mm-hmm. which of course my answer is different than it was last time as well but that's the which whole point, is the though. beauty the beauty of this question is right. that it can change over time exactly so next time we have you guys on we'll exactly you again. ask you again i hope somebody asks me this question again someday because i you know I'd like to pose a different answer at that point. But, also, you know, no one else is allowed to ask you this question. We've trademarked it. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. It'll have to come from you guys. <laughs> there then. you go. Um, glad we cleared that up. You know, I was actually trying to think about what, what Sheev would order if we had lunch together, and I was thinking maybe char-grilled chicken or something. Oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no? 
you know, no chicken wings, Stop it. no, Stop no drumsticks. <laughs> Jeez, and maybe we should add that to the question: Is what would you? What would well, you that's order? a fantastic ad. Order? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yikes. By the way, I, I do have to say one more thing because you mentioned, you know, there being a, a little bit of jealousy about the title of our podcast. But I have to say that I've always been jealous of yours as well. <laughs> well um, just so you know, I think oh, Conversations man. is such a I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, well, thank you. That's, um, you know, it's not a direct quote from anything Star Wars, but yeah, yeah it's going to work. Early in our uh, friendship with Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, uh, and we first uh, met. Here's, and, here's his obligatory. Yeah, we always yeah. have to mention him. Um, he, when he first discovered us or whatever, as or as he got used to listening to us, he would. He literally told us that every time he heard the word conversation, uh, he said that wow, they're saying it wrong. It should be conversation. <laughs> like he was like mentally in the side of his head correcting yeah. them. <laughs> it's, it's ingrained in there. Our mission is done. <laughs> You know, we both love your show. It's such a, first of all, the inception of the show was such a great idea that, you know, you guys had sort of a different perspective on uh, uh, Last Jedi and yeah. how you guys interpreted it and became basically the foundation for your show as it's perfectly titled. And Pat will tell you he's jealous of that title. Taking that idea that uh, Obi-Wan had and turning it into a way of looking at the entire fandom is just a fantastic idea and uh, love listening to your show. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. That yeah. means a lot. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it all started with a, a little, you know, small budget B movie called The Last Jedi that everybody agreed about. You know, everybody <laughs> had the same opinion about that movie. So, you know, it, it was just a no brainer. Um, no, we, we, we had, you know, a slight disagreement and it, it just became kind of the inception of, of the show and just looking at things from different points of view and, and embracing other opinions without with with disagreeing but still being able to be friends and not throw things at each other or swear at each other you know um so yeah that was what it, how it started i'll never forget after last year i came out josh and i and our wives and daughters went out to a little dinner it was around christmas time mm-hmm. and we josh and i sat for the entire time and debated that movie back and forth yeah <laughs> our wives was... didn't get a word in it was no. just us just <laughs> us back and forth for a good hour an hour and a half, hour and a half maybe even and uh you know we walked out of their friends and we had a good time a good conversation and it was that's how it can be yeah i mean i, I wanted yeah. so desperately for adam to enjoy the the movie <laughs> and so I, I tried to convince him as much as i could um all the reasons why i loved it so um <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't quite convinced by the end of that particular conversation. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> I had a few remaining grapes. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, we could have these sorts of conversations with a lot of people. We um, have a very optimistic and positive outlook, I think, on things in general. It's uh, encouraging to see that level of civil nerdy disagreement you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and have a show with it as well you know like where you guys can yeah. spend hours on end talking about it and then at the end of the day still you know part ways and look forward to next week you know that's a that's a great testament to you know 
not only what the four of us do here, but like like you know the Red Five Network, the network we're part of, the various shows on there, the opinions, the takes, the the likes, the dislikes. Yet we spend you know hours a week in on you know on Twitter or on each other's shows and still being able to have that uh, discourse and you know remain friends, which is fantastic, and that's what it's all about. That said, you're all wrong, and I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> He's jumping in the car with the wives and kids. And there you go. That conversation real quick. He, he didn't like what you had to say, apparently. <laughs> it's not a certain point of view. It's my point of view. My point of view. <laughs> Civil discourse. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Man. Yes, I, I am. I, I must say, I am quite jealous of your title. <laughs> well, I'm jealous of that Obi-Wan impression. <laughs> yeah. Aren't Every we all? I hear that, I'm like, eh. I need to try, but I know I can't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, not to not to bounce around, but really, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> Solid as well. There you go. I mean, I mean, it, it, you, I I couldn't afford not to. Right. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you no, just, so you yeah. had to try. I mean, that's that's it. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm super excited about this episode and this topic. Um, even though I've not done any research, um, <laughs> my entire life has been researched towards this topic. Exactly. And um, and I have had significant trouble with pinpointing yeah. my I, answer. I have to. Yeah, it's tough. See, we can agree. We can agree on stuff. <laughs> Um, so I, I, you know, I think Charles maybe kick this thing off, tell everybody what we're talking about and, um, and then we'll, we'll dig into this cause I need help. I need, <laughs> I need massive amounts of help. I need to do hours of visual research and uh, I need to talk about it for days on end. So let's do it. Well, you came to the right place for that. So yeah, for tonight, we're going to talk about what makes Star Wars Star Wars. You know, when you think like Pat was talking about in the intro, you know, you've got this movie that came out 40 plus years ago, you know, became a cultural phenomenon and kicked off the franchise that we're still talking about today. And we look around and Star Wars is everywhere. Beyond the movies, you got TV, you've got streaming services, you've got figures, you've got toys, you've got cosplay, you've got so many different, you've got books, uh, audio, you've got video games. We're like not inundated, but we, Star Wars is everywhere you look. Toys, you know, Star Wars the toaster. I have one, so that's true. So, what <laughs> makes, you know, is that a, a saturation point? But at the foundation, you're still going to have a point where you look at Star Wars and say, you know what, that story makes it Star Wars. And is that one thing? Is it several things? And uh, we're going to talk about that tonight and see if there is a consensus. Maybe it isn't that. Who knows? So yeah, not necessarily an easy question, but the way I thought about it was how Star Wars has changed for me from when I was young to when I am now, and what parts of the story... Which is not young. No, which is not young, which is very old. Thank you very much. Um, I figured that if I asked my 10, 11-year-old self what Star Wars meant to me, it was going to be a lightsaber, that distinctive yeah. weapon of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. But now, if I think about that uh, it goes away from this the lightsaber and i look at relationships so how does that 
for me, from my perspective, change from, you know, uh, special effects all the way to uh, a relationship. That was what really kicked it off for me for this entire subject was that there's, I think it's a nuanced part of it that you interpret the stories or what you see in Star Wars differently depending on the stage of life or the, even the day you're having. I mean, that even comes down to the movies you're going to choose to watch. I think the trouble that I've been having is somewhat similar to to that. I think that the um, you know the initial uniqueness of Star Wars back in the 70s and 80s um, was these laser swords. I mean it was it was it was stuff you hadn't seen before. Everything else had, you know, you had Star Trek that came out a decade prior with spaceships and, you know, and phasers and lame stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> but then, you know, so you have these, these laser guns and stuff like that. So you have that sort of, you know, future space thing already, you know. So, you know, then you have your... Your soldiers, you know, your stormtroopers certainly look unique. Your rebel soldiers look uh, sort of reminiscent to, you know, like a um, like a rebellion in the Civil War or or the Revolutionary War types of you know types of like similar uniforms, but not uniform. You know what I mean? So mm. you have that familiarity already, but you know the th the thing that's new and different with Star Wars is big walking carpets. <laughs> And and lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's what like you see that you see, you know Luke ignite that saber in A New Hope, and you're like, whoa, what's what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, like this is uh, this is something new and 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 different. And so, you know, that immediately set it apart from anything you've seen before. And you know the believability of the. Um, you know the hyperspace and all this type of um, type of space stuff and and some of the aliens and all were very believable with the practical effects and all that they used. So then an interesting thing happens when you almost you have lightsabers in every other film, every other Star Wars film, even you know for a moment Rogue One. Um, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. that's kind of a game changer because you think of, okay, so Star Wars, the only thing that has the force. Okay. Right. Oh, that's a good point. So that's you're like, point. oh, yep. it yep. must, it's, you know, it's gotta be like these space wizards and the force. Right. But then you see Rogue One and there's a couple of dudes that are like, they believe in the force, but they don't really have any control over it. So it's like, yeah, okay, that you can see, like sense that the force exists, but you know nobody's using it. Mm. Nobody's really, you know, locked into it. They're just like zealots who believe in it, right? So, and then you see, you know, Vader with a saber, and you know that's cool and all, and you're like, you, you, but it definitely feels Star Wars before that. Mm -hmm. Okay, it feels a different kind of Star Wars, but it feels Star Wars. And then you see the Mandalorian, which. Until the very end of season one finale, there's no lightsabers. And there's very sort of um, 
novice approach to use of the force. Mm. So that feels Star Wars as well, but a different kind of Star Wars. You've yeah. got those yep. familiar aspects that are ingrained over the last 40 years, but it's not the force and it's not lightsabers. It's just a feel. Like when we first saw, and now Charles's background is a, is a great example because when we first saw the little uh, diorama of what Galaxy's Edge would look like, you had basically just these buildings. That's all that the diorama was. And they were Star Wars. Hmm. Buildings. Yeah. You know, like like nothing having to do with any storyline or anything like that. Just the the look of the buildings evoked Star Wars. Right. And it's it's very interesting phenomenon that takes place because it's not any one thing. It's not any certain particular element of Star Wars that makes something Star Wars. Hmm. And I, it's it's tough to pinpoint a quote unquote feel of a genre or or of a franchise, but that's what it is to me. Hmm. Is just it it feels like Star Wars. Yeah, I think you know on my drive home today, when I was thinking about this conversation that we were going to have, and um, the word its uniqueness really came to my mind and. Um, you know, Pat, I know you mentioned that word it being unique, and but it's hard to pinpoint what makes it unique. But I think that there's something so unique about Star Wars. It's just, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint that. But for me, one thing that really stands out to me about Star Wars is that it has this lived in feel. You know, mm. it's not this pristine like thing. You know, it's not this pristine future. It's like it has this lived in like, things are, you know, damaged. Things are rough they're dirty they're, you know um it's it's this lived in universe um that that just has this certain feel to it and i think also the fact that it's not sci science fiction it's science fantasy um so you know it it doesn't feel like your typical sci-fi type of deal you know it has that those fantasy elements in it um so i think those couple things come to mind for me for sure yeah, I kind of approached this almost like Pat, where I was I mean, like, thinking like, you know, the first thing like, like Pat said that came to mind is like Jedi lightsabers. You know, that's what we are introduced to almost right up front. You know, Vader walks in to the Tanta V4, and you know, he's he's that first Jedi. I mean, there wasn't a Sith back then, but you know, he's that first Force user that you see, uh, even though he's not really using much of his uh, abilities there. I mean, so you know, but. And and then and you get introduced to Luke, and then you know Luke goes on his almost immediate journey, and you know you're introduced to Jedi right up front, and that's kind of what you see really through most of the franchise up until we get to some of the more recent stuff, uh, where on screen anyway you're seeing things like Rogue One, which doesn't really have Jedi, it still has Force users, um, and then you have Solo, which really doesn't have much of anything until you see Maul. Uh, That's a good point. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Maul is 
not in that movie. Uh, all, I, Charles. I, 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 no. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> Next time I'll aim for your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gone for the head. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, part of it has to be Jedi, but but it's really not because solo still feels like star Wars, you know? Uh, I think for me, what I really came back to is that each one of these stories deals with the pervasiveness of hope in so many different ways. Mm. Uh, and yeah, there's hopeful stories out there, but that's always the main thing that I can think of is that there's a way to make things better. And, you know, we need to keep, that hope alive that we can be that change and that's always something that comes up in these stories so for me star wars has always just been that inspiring you know that and that 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 inspiring story but then as as pat was talking he started talking about the buildings for for um uh batu for galaxy's edge black spire and it still feels like Star Wars, so you know. Uh, and and you know, he mentioned that there's more than one thing, and I, I think that's definitely true. Uh, but you know, even and and we learn more about Batu and Black Spire and all that stuff um, through books, and and you know, definitely through the attractions as they started opening up. But that's still part of that uh, of that uh, experience on, from what I've seen in, in books and stuff. I haven't actually been to Galaxy's Edge yet. Uh, but you know that 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 hopefulness that you know Black Spire Outpost is you know kind of a kind of a rundown you know kind of place for not not the best uh, of people. But then the resistance comes and they think that you know maybe this can be a place you know that we can start to maybe turn some things around here. And you know the, it, it's it's still that you know it it still has that that theme of hope. And I mean even when you just look at those buildings, I'm I'm, I'm not saying that you can just see hope in these buildings, but I mean even you just know that that is coming up somehow, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. so yeah. For me, I always I always keep coming back to hope for Star Wars, and I, and I I think for me that's what makes it makes it Star Wars. Cool. Um, I even thought about characters, you know, like uh, Yoda and stuff like that. But then we get into the High Republic, and we're going to see a lot of brand new characters that we have never known before. Yoda will be there. But, you know, these are so it's not really just even a certain set of characters, you know, it's not like Han and Chewie or Luke or Vader, you know, we're going to get into these um, like like brand new characters, Stellan Geos, and um, I'm blanking on the the female Jedi's name right now, but we're going to get to know these these people. But we already know that that story is going to start off with this major uh, cataclysmic event that's going to have these reverberations for the galaxy. So immediately you have to think that that there's going to be this theme of hope that we can get through this thing that, you know, that we can make this better. So it always comes back to hope. Yeah. I think that's a really, um, really great, uh, sort of summary because you've got the prequels where you've got sort of Qui-Gon hoping that this chosen one is, is going to, you know, bring balance to the galaxy and all this. And then of course, by the end of the trilogy, you've got Obi-Wan um, hoping that uh, Anakin <laughs> turns away from this path he's on. And then um, when that doesn't happen, he has hope in Luke and Leia and their future. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then, true. of course, the original trilogy, you have the hope that 
the rebels will you know defeat the empire and you know overthrow vader and the emperor and, and all this and then you know same goes for the sequel trilogy with the redemption of ben solo hmm. and you know to tie that in with rogue one i mean rebellions are built on hope and you've got these ragtag group that is you know fueled by hope and it's you know maybe it's um you know the odds are against them and all but that's that's what they have to go off of and and that makes for that same theme through that film and then of course you know with solo he he's got hope um in kira yeah, yeah, and, yep. Yep. and exactly. her hope, and, and her hope in him as well. You know, like she even yeah. says, you know, like you're uh-huh. you're a good person, you're a good guy. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you know, and then and then when when things kind of go south towards the end, he's you know looking to the future optimistically. You know, with with his with his new furry pal by his side and everything, <laughs> and um, and then of course you've you've got episode one of the Mandalorian that has this bounty hunter just going around collecting Horatio Sands's bounty and things, which is like, all right, I mean, that's cool. But then he, he finds a child and then that sort of gives him a whole new and different, um, set of priorities. Yeah. And, and he obviously has a hope for a better future for this child because I mean, he's not going to let him be an experiment. He's not going to let him die. He's going yep. to try to find where he belongs. He, so he has this, he has a hope for a better future mm-hmm. for this kid. Oh yeah. Um, and then I mean, to go back to where we all started, I know it wasn't start, it wasn't called this back then, but I mean, we start with a new hope. Yeah. You know, right? Uh, that's 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 kind of where it all began. Let me ask a question. Do you no. think? <laughs> <laughs> where do you get off asking a question? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Do you think that without the foundation of what Star Wars or A New Hope built, that we could get to a movie like, you know, like when you brought up Solo, Adam, was a great point, uh, but also Rogue One. Do you think that we can get to a point where they can make a movie that they can strip down the quintessential Star Wars pieces and still have an engaging movie that will draw fans in. I think some of the strongest stories in Star Wars, and I've said this to Adam before, are based in some type of mythology. Um, you know, whether it's the hero's journey or mm. um, in the original trilogy or in the Mandalorian, it's, you know, this uh, samurai type um, mythology um, or like the lone gunslinger type, type story. Um, so I think when you have a story that's rooted in this rich mythology and in, in this kind of um, almost universal story that can kind of bring people together because it's just this common universal theme. Um, you know, I think that's a great place to start. Mm. And then, and then you can just build around that and, and, you know, have unique characters and unique other things that happen, whether it's a lightsaber or a jetpack or whatever, right, you add right. those extra things in there, but your, your foundation is with that strong base in, in mythology and classic storytelling. So like you wrap it in Star Wars, you take a foundation mm-hmm. of a, of a, not a trope, but like a societal story that we've been telling since day one of Earth, and then put a 
cool science fantasy around it. And then you've got a story that's going to be successful. Hmm, That's really cool. I think he has a great point uh, where it's, it's, it's really not maybe dependent upon the franchise's history up to this point. Uh, Maybe it's, it's more dependent on having the right mixes of, you know, what we've talked about a little bit already. And Josh mentioned some of the mythology stuff. And I talked a lot about hope. I, I think if you have those types of foundations, I, th- I think that it's going to, you know, you have that movie that is, has a has a, a bright, uplifting idea behind it that can bring a lot of people together uh, to, you know, be inspired by that. Uh, you can have those elements with, uh, you know, a, a hero going on his journey or finding himself or, uh, you know, whatever that may be. Um, I, I think you mix those together and regardless of what has happened before in the franchise i I think you have a a recipe for something people are going to gravitate towards Mm. i think if you're going to be so far removed from established star wars um it's safe to have it branded as star wars because (laughs) you've got at least a built-in foundation of people that will will tune in that will see it um and um because a lot of the trouble with like independent films and all are getting the the word out you know there's some incredible films Mm. that that are that are made that hardly anyone sees because they don't know about them or you know they're very busy and they don't have time to just watch things you've got that brand recognition that you know at least the star wars fans will see it immediately because we're a bunch of you know rabid fools when it comes to star wars content um (laughs) so you know we're gonna see it immediately and several times and that is going to lend a certain amount of um credence to whatever the project is and legitimacy, you know, because you've got all these fans seeing it and, you know, um, spreading it through word of mouth. And then, you know, like, for example, box office uh, ticket sales and streams and things like that, when you've got these these high numbers, it's like, you know, you can say, look how many people are watching this, you know, people people love it and all. And then it gains traction that way. I think if mm. you didn't have that history to to lean on, um, I don't know that these sort of uh, deviations from you know typical Star Wars yeah. would would have done so well in the mainstream. Mm. You know, because I think they would kind of fly under the radar without that um, you know Star Wars moniker attached to them. Right, so without that sort of background or. Hey, did you like Rogue One? Well, not really. Hey, let's watch these other movies first. And then what you think? Oh, my God, it's one of the best movies ever. I got you. Yeah. You know, you brought up a, a good point before about the buildings, you know, and the diorama that we saw. And, you know, it's a sand building. Oh, it's got a round roof. It's got like a raised edge. Oh, that sounds like a or conical shape. That sounds like a Star Wars building. But, you know, we've Pat and I. Well, <laughs> sorry, Adam, but many of us here. <laughs> <laughs> have been to galaxy's edge Fair um, Wait, his video feed just cut out what, 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 
Um, Something's wrong with this hollow transmitter. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> so, you know, one of our last trips to uh, Galaxy's Edge, Pat and I, we, we witnessed uh, this little interaction. And we were talked about this with the Galactic Podcast when uh, Lauren and Andrea were on with us. And this little four-year-old girl, what I'm saying four, but she looked, she was four. She was tiny and she was dressed up in, in a Ray cosplay. I mean, it was store-bought, but that, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and she had an interaction with Ray, like the the cast member, and she hugged right. her, and and she had this, and and the cast member spent time with her, and you can immediately tell that you know this little girl, she was happy but also excited and a bit scared at the same time. So you've got a four year old girl who's first of all seeing a strong female character in this Star Wars world. Now, depending on how much Star Wars she's seen or consumed or even understood beyond, let's say, the cool visuals or whatever, you're probably going to have a lifelong fan at that point. So is that physical side of it becoming more important? Josh, when you went to uh, Galaxy's Edge and you rode Rise, you know, Rise of the Resistance, you know, you're obviously a lifelong fan. But how much did that change your perspective, having that physical side of it where you are no longer experiencing star wars on a screen you're immersed in it that has to have a huge effect yeah, as well yeah yeah i mean it, it was it was a very incredible experience and i mean i think one of the things that amazed me the most was um rise of the resistance when you step onto the star destroyer and you have all these i forgot that adam is going to say spoiler free about galaxy's edge until he goes um, but there's this one moment where this thing happens. And yes. It's really cool. Wink, wink, um, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if when you feel like you're in it and you're experiencing it and you're really living it, it just takes it to the next level. Hmm. Um, you know, and in my three year old daughter, she's going on four. Um, you know, it was, she's ha had been experiencing some Star Wars along the way, but um, getting to go there, I, I think it just really you know it's just one of those another way of introducing a kid to star wars mm. in, in the best way possible and um and adam and i actually just did a show about that about how introduce how to yeah, introduce your, your kids family to star wars was fantastic stuff. yeah and fun. yeah th yeah thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> um shameless shameless plug there but but yeah i mean i just i just think being able to experience that takes it to another level mm. I'm going to say, I, 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 this is probably controversial for someone out there, but that type of experience that you mentioned, Charles, is something that Disney is so good at, mm -hmm. and that is why I firmly believe that Star Wars belongs where they're at right now mm -hmm. uh, with Disney in that fold. Uh, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why George has kind of worked with Disney for so long um, yeah. with doing stuff, you know, not you know, even before the, 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 uh, purchase. Um, and probably one of the reasons why he, you know, went, went to them, uh, you know, to do this mm -hmm. whole thing in, at, at the start, I think that the type of experience that they offer in the parks, like you mentioned with, with those, you know, brand new real world experiences where you're seeing this stuff and actually a part of it. And, you know, that's going to create lifelong fans from these kids that are experiencing that, that's why Star Wars belongs right where mm, it's at. And so I'm point. very happy that it that it is here. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's great. I mean, Charles mentioned um, that little 
that little girl with her experience. Um, but we've we've had several personal experiences uh, mm-hmm. with with just that. Um, when Galaxy's Edge first opened, we did a um, like a Rebels uh, Disney bound um, ensemble. Actually, we were all. Um, I did a uh, Kanan. My nice. wife did a Hera. Um, and then, of course, Charles was Captain Rex. <laughs> Captain Rex, seven, five, six, seven. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, see, he's got it. Um, and then my daughter was Ahsoka. Um, now, she had done uh, Rebels, Rebels Ahsoka. Um, she had done some Clone Wars Ahsoka in the park in the past with, like, the roaming stormtroopers and gotten herself into quite a bit of trouble with them um, several times. <laughs> um, but it just was... Um, you know, uh, immediately caught the eyes of of guests and cast members, and like we got like the VIP treatment at Star Tours, going through the uh, queue and everything. <laughs> um, and just just because they saw what we were doing, they were like, "That's yeah. awesome! Let's go!" You know. And then um, and then uh, you know we they didn't we put up a. Uh, a blog post about when Emily did episode nine Ray. Yes. With with um Black Spire Ray. Yes. And uh, they they went around the entire land um and just talked. Um of course in character. Uh Ray was giving my young Ray a <laughs> um a few tips on how to uh avoid the first order and, and um you know kind of tips and tricks about you know how uh kylo ren is you know he's bad but like we might be able to help him out you know and that sort of thing (laughs) so yeah so they um they totally embraced that for not only us but you know (laughs) for um for my daughter specifically and in addition to all the other kids and kids at heart that that are such fans of all of it right and it's just it's it's it strengthens i don't i mean i don't know that it makes me love star wars anymore because i don't know if that's possible (laughs) but but it's just another way and another example to uh love star wars you know no that's totally true and you've got you know like adam was saying that you got disney who's investing in Obviously, they spent $4 billion, and sure, you could look at it as a monetary transaction, but would George have sold that just to anybody for $4 billion if he had, like, five offers on the I table? You yeah, know, I, you've yeah. got those types of things going on. You've got that experience behind it, and they're going to turn it on its head and turn it into what it is today. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you may have Tribal First Legion and the Rebel Alliance, all, that, all those cosplayers that do charity. You've got bringing it to people out in public that are building new fans or introducing kids to that sort of physical experience. And like you said, Adam, I think Disney does a fantastic job for that. Yeah. I think there's a reason that George started working with them back in the eighties. And then again, in the two thousands when they, you know, kind of redid star tours and all that stuff. I, I think there's a reason why they, why he kept coming back yeah. uh, to them specifically. Mm-hmm. Even with, uh, you know, captain eo and everything yeah some of the the early stuff that he did with them really showed both of them showed both the you know disney imagineers and lucas that 
that they were kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of like, yeah. let's see what we can do to make this happen. Mm. And then, um, you know, here's this idea, you know, how, how can we get there? Um, you know, starting off from what we've got and, and, you know, build something new, invent something new and create new, um, techniques or, or, you know, ways of doing things to, to, a, to, to get us there, to, mm-hmm. to immerse the viewer or the, you know, participant in this experience. And they, and they nail it. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they did it back then they're, they're doing it now. And, um, you know, Adam's going to put his earmuffs on again for, um, <laughs> some of this stuff, some of the stuff with rise of resistance is yeah. like you Go in. At, he's like turning sideways. <laughs> Closing your eyes doesn't. I can't hear you. I can't hear you over here. But I can't I see you. I can't hear way. you. Right, can't hear. right. So, but it's like you go into it. First of all, you go into the land as a park guest. Then you become a traveler in the land Mm, that's true and then by the time you get in rise of the resistance you're kind of grabbed by the collar and pulled in you know whether you want to be or not you're in it Mm -hmm. and you're a part of the story and it's fascinating Mm -hmm. and then imagine i mean imagine how much different that feels when Galactic Star Cruiser becomes a thing, oh, uh, you know, oh, yeah. when, when you're yeah. aboard the Star Cruiser and you're on mm-hmm. and you're on a cruise that doesn't really leave land, and then you have this day excursion. You know, my wife and I did a Disney cruise in December, and it was one of the best things that we've ever mm-hmm. done, one of the best vacations we've ever had. Uh, you board this Star Cruiser, and you're, you know, for a few days, you're in for days. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, you're not walking into a park for a few hours and experiencing. This is days where mm-hmm. you're going spending the night on this cruiser and then going out and taking a day trip into Batu and then back to your star cruiser. And I mean, that's going to be a whole new level of total immersion, you know? Yeah. And at first I was concerned about the the direction they went with galaxy's edge and it it being this like new planet in this new place versus visiting something familiar, you know, like a Tatooine or something like that. Um, but when I went there and experienced it for myself, those concerns immediately went out the window when I realized how well they did it. And Rise of the Resistance in particular is very much an experience and not necessarily even a ride. You right. know, I, I would define it as more of an experience and, and just and when they add that element that Adam was talking about with the, the Star Cruiser, it's just going to even add to that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already scheduled some overtime shifts because, uh, well, I'm going to need them. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm yeah. salary, so I'm trying to figure out which kid to sell. <laughs> I think we know. That's if we, we know. <laughs> um, now, obviously, like even Adam would point it out, is that like you've got a Disney experience that, you know, it's it's not cheap. You know, Josh can attest to this where. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's it's a it's a plan. It's an investment of Disney money. And the Disney cruise, and the Disney cruise. That's true. That's a great point. These all I these mean, things are, are. I mean, you can you can go on a cruise very cheaply. Yes, Disney is is Disney is not cheap. But right. it is no. worth it, it is worth mm-hmm. uh, the extra yes. money that you put into it. I mean, right. 
And I imagine that the Galactic Star Cruiser will be the same. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it, 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 I have to stress it again. It's not cheap, but mm-hmm. the level of service and um, you know the entertainment that you get is you know we've done other cruise lines, mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't want to throw companies under the bus, but we went on a cruise and we didn't go on another one for ten years because we thought you know if this is how this is, I don't want to do it again. Wow. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then we got into a Disney cruise and it's totally totally yeah. different experience yeah mm-hmm. and not only that but i mean i got on a disney cruise and there's a millennium falcon that you can jump in yeah. <laughs> sign I'm me little, up I'm a, I'm a little too old for it but you know that first day you can walk around and do whatever you want and so of course i was <laughs> adam's on the cruise ship like napoleon like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, on, my turn I paid money for that video. I am. This is my ship. They're having a a trivia with like these little eight. He pushes a little kid over. He's like, "Come on, Chewie, let's go." (laughs) When I got there, they were having a trivia game with these late and ten-year-olds, and I'm like, "Come on, guys, this is so easy." (laughs) (laughs) It was Kid Fisto. Come on, step up your game. How do you not know this? (laughs) It's episode twelve of season three of Clone Wars. Come on. (laughs) It's, It's those experiences that are, that are uniquely disney and when you're trying to um provide that sort of immersion into star wars they're the ones that are going to do it they're going to do it right so maybe to bring this home i've got a bit of a controversial question for you guys um and Uh, i say this only because it occurred to me today pineapple does belong on pizza (laughs) (laughs) the biggest controversy on twitter right now it is it is going on for a long time yes Yes. if you're out there (laughs) the question that occurred to me today was if we take the mandalorian which is understood as to be one of the biggest bridges right now of uniting fandom that uh, is divided certainly over the last jedi and the rise of skywalker and you rip Baby Yoda, the child, out of that story. Do you think we would be anticipating season two? Now I well, asked that child, question. Though. Charles, don't do this to me. Where's the child? Where, where'd he go? <laughs> where'd he go? Stop it. Find him. Wait, wait, wait. So, so I think this bears clarification. Um, so he's just not in the story at all. <laughs> yes. So we can't wrap our head around this. Yes. <laughs> no, why so, you, so, why are you asking Put it this way. Put it this way. Then you don't have such great hits uh, such as Dear Baby Yoda. Okay. The Dear Theodosia um, <laughs> right. parody. Um, but, but. I haven't heard that, but I need to. For, you need to. Yes, that okay, is. Yes. Uh, Pat sent it to me, and it was absolutely. It. I've watched it um, millions of times. So, you're a terrible person. <laughs> um, furthermore. Um, <laughs> I think we, we we touched on this briefly um, before. I know we talked about it. I don't know if we hit record. But um, <laughs> we talked about how when The Mandalorian starts out and with, with all that we knew about it prior to the first episode, mm-hmm. um, it was this cool Mandalorian bounty hunter. And, like, that's cool. You know, it's like a Western type of deal. You know, he's Clint Eastwood meets Star Wars or whatever. Um, but as we discussed earlier in this episode, um, 
he doesn't really get that story, that hope, that driving force until he finds the child. Okay. So, which is why they introduced him in the end of the first episode, because a story about a bounty hunter is not interesting. That's my point. If you you make a movie about Boba Fett, I'm not watching it. Right. Because I don't Mm -hmm. care. Right. I mean, nothing against Boba Fett, but everything against Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, that's... Okay, go ahead. Um, So, I think they knew. uh, Favreau and Filoni were smart enough to know you're not going to make a Fett show. Right. Because that's lame, and he's lame, and the whole thing. So, you have to have a character that has more motivation than bounty hunting. Okay, okay. So I think it would have been popular, sure, for a few episodes. And then and then people would be like, oh, this again. I wonder who he's going to put in his portable carbonite freezing chamber this week. Right. No, that and that's the yeah. point. When we were at Celebration... Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I completely agree. When we were at Celebration and we saw the trailer for the Mandalorian, it had, you know, they, and they spruced it up. Of course, it didn't say anything about the child, nothing about the dark saber. So right now we've got, we've, we don't have some of the big tropes. Well, okay. Lightsaber. We've got the razor crest. Yeah. The razor now. Okay. But that's it. But look, we've got, uh, uh, downtrodden Tatooine looking even worse than it did in the new hope. You've got, uh, stormtrooper helmets on spikes. You've got an intriguing sort of base of like, wow, what's going on here? And like from our perspective, it's Star Wars. We're gonna watch it, right? We're gonna watch it. It's <laughs> come on. I mean, it's it's you know, it, yeah. Yep. Could it be a bad story? Sure, whatever. But you, we went into that with like, what's it gonna be? Oh, is it is it Boba Fett? Is it Boba Fett's clone? Who is it? Is it uh, you know whatever? All these different things. Like, well, is it his brother-in-law? Right, you know? right. Is it the guy from Aftermath? Who knows? Or is it a brand new character? So we get into that story with. All the things we've already talked about tonight, the environment, the buildings, the uh, recognizable character, the Mandalorian creed, which we come to find out of the creed, or but at that point, it's a Mandalorian armor. Some very, very strong links to the rest of the Star Wars universe, right? We had no clue about Baby Yoda, of course. We had no clue about the Darksaber. We didn't know the essence of the story. We were still going to watch it. But if you take out the child and replace the child with some sort of other conflict obviously they're storytellers they know there has to be some sort of driving conflict in there but some other non-force user not such a adorable character would we be talking about a second season yeah i think we would be talking about a second season for sure um it's so hard to think about that without you know because i mean it, it became like that became so he's a phenomenon yes. to that story, you know. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a phenomenon. Um, if it became something different, if it became something more Western, I guess, where you know, where you're kind of doing like the bounties and stuff like that, and then maybe you do have some other type of overarching conflict. I don't think that would have been as interesting for me. Uh, but I still do think you get a second season of that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot invested into this thing, so you, I think you probably want to get more than, well, like three hours out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So then, okay, before anybody else talks, then I'll I'll go even further down my hole that I've dug for myself. Is oh, is man. is the child or is Baby Everybody Yoda a gimmick? Is it a gimmick? A gimmick? A gimmick? No. Uh, no, it's a plot. It is a plot device. Look, you don't you don't spend five million dollars on a gimmick, okay? <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Um, what about Waterworld? You know, no, sorry. It's <laughs> you. Like I think we all agree, you need that spark to kind of motivate the Mandalorian to do something bigger, something less self-serving than you know getting paid for all right. these bounties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. that's that's only interesting for a couple episodes at most. Okay, so um, you you need something to trigger that change okay so if you're gonna pick something it's not gonna be you know Rhoda the Hut that needs to be you know <laughs> rescued from Cad Bane or some nonsense okay um and it's just it's this is not um so you know you want to pick something that's that's Interesting, maybe intriguing, and the only thing we've seen with anything related to Yoda is a couple of old Jedi. Okay, mm. so this is a, a young creature of that species that's not a Jedi, as far as we know. So you've you've got that like okay, well, the characters of Yoda and Yaddle are so shrouded in mystery anyway. So when you introduce an entire new character that is, you know, of a species that is presumed to be extinct, mm. then you, you know, it immediately catches a Star Wars fan's interest because you're like, okay, well, here we go with, with this, this, you know, this species. And, you know, what are we going to learn about not only the child, but, but about a Yoda yeah. by proxy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and how does this change what we know about Yoda, who's one of the most recognizable characters in pop culture anyway, uh, that we really know very little about? True, true. Intentionally. But, you know, that still – it still leaves uh, a lot of curiosity to the viewer. And – so you've immediately got that attention of the Star Wars fan. But then you have people at my work that are coming up to me because I'm, I'm a pretty obvious Star Wars fan uh, <laughs> at work and at home and everywhere in Do you wear life. your robes to work, though? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my, I mean, look, I have to wear a mask. So this is the way, if you know what I mean. So... Um, so it's one of those things where I've got people constantly coming. Like the other day, um, uh, you know, a guy came up to me and he's like, the new trailer. And just like pointed at me. He was like, the new trailer. And that's all he said. That's all he needed to say. And exactly. That's all, he, that's all he said. That's all he needed to say. And I was like, I know. I'm amped. I can't wait. And he's like, I know. Me too. And like not a huge Star Wars fan, but he's into it. And then, yeah. you know, I got, you know, girls that are like, 
Oh my god, it's in the baby Yoda. No, no, I'm not. I know. Where was this in high school, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. High school, so, yeah, my entire so life. It's like, yeah, they were the ones that were like, Yoda, please, you're a dork. <laughs> um, so, and as, as as I'm putting on my Yoda hood with the ears, I'm like, I'm not a dork. I'm a nerd. Um, so it's better. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you've got these people that would not otherwise be Star Wars fans. True. That true. are captivated by the child. And these non-Star Wars fans are chomping at the bit on Monday and Tuesday, not being able to wait until Friday mm-hmm. to see the next episode. To see what happens to the cute little guy, which... Then they're then they're concerned about the Mandalorian and and Cara Dune and mm-hmm. you know and the guy that was in Rocky and the, <laughs> um, they're not concerned about him. So I'm sorry, Carl Weathers, but they 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 just they they like the, they like the the clan of two. I can't blame them. So you know we're worried about Chubbs Peterson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So am I. So anyway, um. It's this whole new set of people that aren't like super into the space wizards and their laser swords and their pew pews and the you know <laughs> and and all of this Star Warsy stuff that you know rocks our worlds, but they're into this as well. So mm-hmm. I think there's there's a deeper level of appreciation there, but it started out with that surface level like oh my god oh my god kids yeah. and big eyes and little ears mm-hmm. um and it's like you know this wave of pop culture appreciation for the for the character and then people are like oh where's he from that haven't seen it but then start watching it and through giving it a chance have realized that it's it's a compelling story and worth their time and i think they're the people that wouldn't have otherwise given it a chance correct so no if they had an ugly little baby in there, like, not that baby Gungans aren't cute, but if it was a baby Gungan, it might not have gone over. So little toddler Rodian or something, it's just, it would have been, it, it would have fallen flat, I think, on non-fans. You'd still have the driving force and, and the um, and the viewership of the diehard fans, because mm-hmm. we'll watch anything Star Wars. Um <laughs> But you wouldn't get that expansion into those um, those other demographics that that are just not really interested in Star Wars for the fact that it's right. Star Wars. And right. fun fact, by the way, Gungans are born as tadpoles. Why didn't we fact. mention that in the Gungan episode? <laughs> because I forgot. Uh, I just read that in my notes today. <laughs> so I'm saying it now. <laughs> so... In summary, do you think then that part of what makes, first of all, all the fantastic examples you talk about tonight, do you think that one of the major ties that binds all the Star Wars together is either real family or found family? If you look at The Mandalorian, it's like an adopted family. You've got uh, Luke and Leia. You've got family that didn't know they had a family until... You've got Anakin. You've got Anakin. They got there's Families are pretty strong pretty strong tie in there you know uh, han and chewy uh, uh rogue got one the rise of ray skywalker right uh rogue one you know ragtag crew that became a family in 
died almost as a family. You know, that's like a, but like Josh was saying too, is like, you've got, okay, you've got mythology, you've got all those different kinds of things, but there's that central part of the story. You know, you've got a, how can, how can we identify with it? You know, it's a, it's still, it's still human at that point, again, wrapped in star Wars and whatever level that you're into star Wars, that's cool. And baby Yoda, the child is still a child of an, an adorable child. See, I'm trying to come out of my hole here, by the way. Um, but he represents not only just the conflict of the story, like Adam was saying, it's the, or a plot point, uh, that bond between the Mandalorian or Din Djarin and the child is now their family. Like wherever he goes, I go in, in the, in the mm-hmm. trailer. So that's a pretty, maybe that's part of it as well, you know? So mm. with family and hope, I think you, you, you encompass quite ah. a bit that's, that's identifiable as, as a human, as a viewer. Yeah. And, and family and kind of found family, those were all things that were on my mind again on my drive um, home tonight, you know, just thinking about Star Wars and, and those two things definitely came into mind as well. Did we just figure out like what the essence of Star Wars is tonight? I think so. Well, that was a really fantastic discussion. I think we covered so many great points and really like to thank you, Adam and Josh for coming on. Um, Like we said before, we love your show and the way you guys explore things and your, uh, the topics you guys come up with and even like your last episode with the with the how to introduce uh, children to Star Wars was was a great topic and and Josh your video uh, for your your day in Batu was fantastic you guys make great content engaging great topics and uh, we love for everyone that listens to us to follow you guys so where do, where can we uh, where can our listeners find you guys yeah, we uh, are on most major podcast apps, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Music now, too, which is brand new, which yeah, is pretty exciting. Cool. So uh, you can find us there. Um, but really, check out the website uh, from a certain point of view.com. Blog articles there. There's links to everything, all of our socials, all of our contacts, uh, all that stuff. Um, even show notes for, for all of our episodes. So, it, Pretty much anything you want to find out about us uh, from a certain point of view dot com is a is a good place to do it. But you know we're also on Twitter and Facebook and uh, and all that other good stuff. So cool, yeah, more I'd, or less. I'd also just like to mention our, our YouTube channel from a certain point of view as we're trying oh, yeah, to we add more and more content there, trying to you know get more stuff up there. And um, but yeah, just thank you guys so much for for having us on. It's, it was a pleasure to be be on here with you guys. So. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I mean, the pleasure is ours. Um, I'd also like to thank Charles for, um, well, frankly, not leaving. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It was a close one. (laughs) He helps me man our uh, Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) Our website's uh, conversations.com, and um, we're on facebook.com slash conversations. Uh, Twitter, we're at Suations, and we're Conversations on Instagram. Mm. Um, he's thrown up a couple, couple gems on our Spreadshirt store, <laughs> and um, and uh, so that's uh, that's where you find us, as well as the um, Red Five Network. Correct. So, great, great uh, group of yes. of podcasts, which you guys are members of, and also. Mm-hmm. Other yep. non-Star Wars, you know, like uh, 
Dave and Liv at Pizza and Parsecs. They'll talk Star Wars, but they do the Matrix yeah. and comic books. Same yeah. with Pod Wars. There's so many different perspectives in there. It's like a one-stop shop for uh, audio awesomeness. And with that, will you take us out, Sir Pat? In honor of uh, uh, Josh's um, lunch date, the Force will be with you always. <laughs> Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>